Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast. We are super excited about today's call, but before we begin the interview, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product that you discovered. The product that I love in the shop is the Bikini Bite Roll-On Suit Fastener. And, you know, Bucklew has kind of become the running joke in pageantry. It's kind of like a secret society we all belong to because we get it, but it is so important and you can't use just any glue. So this glue is perfect for that exact need of fastening your swimsuit in place before competition. Okay. So for the girl who's maybe just completely new to pageantry, tell them like, what is butt glue? What purpose does it serve? And actually how they can apply the bikini bite. So butt glue is important because during swimsuit competition, if you're on stage and your suit in the rear is riding up and giving you a little bit of a wedgie, um, the judges can be distracted because your suit isn't in place. And two, it might not show up your show off your physique as well. So the butt glue, how it is applied is you kind of bunch up your suit in the back, um, making a little less coverage and then roll on the buck glue where your suit would be. And then have a friend, if you have a friend backstage with you, or if there's a helper, she will pull the suit and place it over and just kind of hold it in place for about five seconds. And you should be good to go. Okay. Now, after the swimsuit phase of competition, maybe they have to slide back into their evening gown. I mean, do they just put the evening gown over top of their bikini bottoms or do you wipe the stuff off? How does that work? So this particular um, roll-on glue is removable with water, which is so important because especially if you have a really fitted gown, you don't want that glue residue to hinder your performance in evening gown either. So the fact that this washes off really easily with, with a washcloth and water makes a huge difference. Okay. And then now a problem that some girls have with butt glue is when they throw it in their bag and it kind of tilts to its side, there's leakage um, and it does get on their wardrobe. Now, does this have a tendency to leak? Do you know that? No, it doesn't have a tendency to leak. It is completely sealed. Um, but as always, pageant girls were always prepared. So I always recommend putting any kind of glue or liquid or adhesive inside a Ziploc bag when you're traveling to and from because bags get jostled around and things happen. But this particular product is very, very safe to use when traveling. And this is pretty hard to find. I mean, you can't just go into your normal store and just say, okay, I need butt glue. They'll look at you like you have three eyes. Oh my gosh, for sure. So I've seen girls use Elmer's glue and Elmer spray glue, and it was like the worst case scenario ever. Um, but then also there's always one girl that has butt glue and she's your go-to. What happens if that one girl isn't at that pageant and nobody has butt glue? So it's so important to have your own supply. That way you're always in the clear. Okay. So where can they find it and how much does it cost and all that good stuff? So you can find the Bikini Bite Roll-On Suit Fastener at shop.thepageantplanet.com and it costs $26.99 and you can get a ton of uses out of it. Probably your lifetime of pageantry needs for a swimsuit and the best part, there's always free shipping and there's no minimum. Awesome. Does this come with an expiration date? Like it's good for a year and then after that you got to buy another one? Uh, no, this should be good for quite a few years actually. Okay. So... $26, great insurance policy to make sure that you've got, one, that you're the go-to girl at the pageant, two, that you're super prepared, and three, that your bikini sticks to your bottom. For sure. And you can always find a friend if you want to split it with them, and then you have your secret supply of buckloo in the corner. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Stephen. 
welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey, everyone. Today, Jesse Ledoux and I, we are going to discuss, since it just happened, the Miss USA 2017 pageant. So, Jesse, kind of kick us off here um, as an overarching view. What were your, I guess, general thoughts on the pageant so you can just get the conversation rolling? Yeah. So, um, first of all, I always feel like I'm in pageant hangover after these major pageants happen Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Universe. Um, Miss World, Miss Earth, all of those, because you get so excited and then it's over and then you have to try to collect your thoughts and see if you agree and all of that. But um, so those of you, those of you listening, I'm sure you can relate. Um, some things of note for this year's pageant uh, went from a three-hour pageant from a few years, past few years, down to a two-hour pageant. So that was the first major change that we saw. And the other major change was we only had a top 10 and that top 10 competed in both swimsuit and evening gown then it was cut to a five and then a three. And, you know, so many of the really competitive contestants that realistically could have walked away with the title were left standing because unless you had that opportunity to perform on finals night, uh, gosh, I mean, anything can happen, right? So those are the biggest changes. I actually liked the two-hour format. I thought it moved really quickly. I don't think we nearly saw enough of the contestants. Um, and we can get to all of that entertainment and that filler later. Um, but I liked how quickly it moved. I mean, everyone that's been to a pageant, they've been to a pageant since three and a half plus hours. Hours and it is brutal. So I, I liked the I liked the format. I liked the flow. Stephen, did you like the two hour format? Well, I did, and I think it's a smart move on behalf of the new owners of the USA organization, Miss Universe organization, whatever. Because honestly, if you're paying for only two hours of airtime, you're either a paying for less or b like I don't know the logistics of the deal. Maybe they did get some money for putting airing their pageant on there, which is not the case for America, but maybe it's the case for USA. But either way, you can construct a better deal um on both sides of the fence for a 2-hour segment versus a 3-hour. So I did like that. Um and I honestly I felt like within the 2-hour constraint, like proportional to the time um I felt like they showed a lot more of the contestants, whereas like when Trump owned it, um, only pretty much the top 10 were alluded to. Um, but as kind of an interesting sidebar, and I'm sure like we'll get into this more, but when the top 10 were rolling off and they only pulled out DC to talk to Ashley Graham, and then DC happened to win it, was that coincidence? Did the pageant itself say, okay, talk to DC? Or did DC just volunteer to step in front of Ashley Graham? I don't know, but I do feel like it's a bit coincidental that out of all the top 10, DC was pulled to talk to Ashley Graham mm. and then la la la, she won. So that's an interesting point, Stephen, because so I, I don't think the pageant is fixed. And when people come to us all the time, oh, the director likes this, the director, and this is any pageant, not just Miss USA, this director favors this type of girl or this. And yes, like they they do charge the judges based on their preferences. And that's not to say, again, 
directors are not fixing pageants 100% of the time. That's sure. not the case. But last year, you'll remember, Deshauna was featured in every single package. And I don't think it was done on purpose, but her story was so compelling. It needed to be shared on national TV because the IMG rebranding of Miss USA is so directed on the personality, the story, the well-rounded woman. So Deshauna naturally was the X factor of the entire contestant lineup last year. So that just happened to be consistent. And I think the fact of seeing her face more often, she got the questions that really fit into that. So we talked about this in the previous call too. Her branding was so, so strong. And I think it was the same for Miss DC this year. We saw so much of her in the packages, in the behind the scenes. You heard um, Ashley Graham mention a, a Luciera quote about her being the smartest girl in the pageant. I mean, it all the stars aligned for Deshauna last year, and I feel like the stars aligned again for DC this year. So I don't think there was any funny business, but, but it just, you know, when it's the right time for somebody, it's the right time. Yeah. So like in your opinion, though, like, do you think that DC just kind of walked up to the mic with Ashley? Or do you think that the directors or whatever kind of orchestrated it, that when she was walking off stage say hey go up and say hey to ashley you know i i, I do think probably she was pre-selected um she has a great backstory they did feature her quite a bit in the other packages so it makes sense because i mean think about it for those non-pageant folk if they exist out there um that were watching not in our world they want to identify with somebody too right they want to get to know a personality so they can buy into the pageant so they can keep watching so i mean it's a smart move by the pageant directors and producers to help us really identify with one person in particular right off the bat um but they did later Pull, I saw South Carolina, I think, for an interview. Um, so, and I think that maybe was, I don't think they had defined who that interview would be, um, but I thought it was interesting. So, th- yeah, I think there might have been some um, some planning behind it. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, it's a TV production show and there has to be a little bit of planning who's best on camera, who has the best backstory, but I just thought it was, it was interesting. Again, not mm-hmm. saying that there's home cooking, but I'm just saying that it's interesting. So what did you think about, um, personally, I'll throw my opinion out there. I loved it. Um, the swimsuits, the uniqueness, not every girl is wearing the exact same swimsuit. I loved them. Yeah. I, I feel like I was watching a fashion show, Stephen, didn't you? Like, I felt like it was Victoria's Secret type show. Like, I think Meredith Minnesota had a long sleeve, like, surf rash guard on. Another girl had a cute little cropped beach jacket. I just really liked the direction. Um, and I liked the designs of the swimsuits. I thought they were really fun and different. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, and I feel like um, the swimsuit sponsor this year that she did a really good job and that like Miss USA kind of let her play with the girls a little bit more rather than every girl has to be in the same swimsuit. So I don't mm-hmm. know the backstory behind it, like whether the girls got to select it or whether the designer kind of got to dress the girls and get their quote approval on it. But either way, I think A, it was a much interesting, much more interesting swimsuit show for the viewers like you and I mm-hmm. watching on television, et cetera. Um, and it allowed the girls to show their personality behind the swimsuit and not just to showcase their swimsuit body. Yeah. And they did mention on the telecast, they got to select from, I think it was, I think it was a crazy number, like a hundred designs. And the other thing I think it's important to note is I noticed that some contestants changed their swimsuit from prelims to finals. 
Um, for example, I think um, I'm going to mention again, Minnesota. I, and I follow I followed Meredith just because I know she was a Miss America contestant as well. So that's why I keep going back to her because I just know her, uh, know of her. And she wore a hot pink, like fairly standard bikini for a swimsuit. And her body looked great in anything. And then in final, she had, like I said, that white rash guard that really popped. So um, I don't know if that was strategic or not. I don't know if she got to pick two different ones, but um, I just liked how unique they were. And again, all their bodies looked amazing. Um, so it's, it's goes a long way when the suits all look good on so many different women. And I thought that the sponsor did a nice job. Yeah. And I don't know if that was like the sponsor pushing for it or if that was USA. I mean, a lot of this stuff will become revealed a little bit later when we can actually ask the organization the questions. But for now, because it's just so fresh, I mean, we're talking about this mm-hmm. like pretty much like 20 minutes after the pageant. I mean, we don't have a lot of answers yet. Um, but did like that. I think that's really good. And I also feel like it opens it up for a lot of pageants because, um, USA and America, they are pretty much determined what kind of trends, fashion trends, et cetera, happen in uh, the other pageants. So it's very much the trickle down <laughs> effect. So because USA opened it up, um, and I feel like between USA and America, no disrespect to America, but USA kind of leads the trends as far as, um, like fashion, body type, et cetera. Um, and because they started with a swimsuit that maybe America will follow suit and then all the other various pageants that have swimsuit, um, will also kind of follow suit that no, the girls all don't have to have the same swimsuit to compete. Yeah. I mean, how many 20 year olds do you know that have, full coverage, jewel tone bottoms and full coverage, push up tops. I mean, that is, that is so old school, old school pageant. And we see it across the board and it is, a, it is a universally flattering fit for the most part. Like again, those moderate bottoms with the higher rise, I mean, it looks great on everyone, but you just don't see 20 year olds on the beach wearing them. I mean, I've never worn one of my, my content, like my contestant swimsuits to the beach. That's not true. I have a Candace Pelletier that I love that I have one, the beach, but <laughs> And we have them in our store if you want a great swimsuit that you can wear both for pageants and the beach. Shameless plug. Nice plug. Um, of course. But um, I just, I like the direction that they went. And I, and I agree. I think Miss USA, because they are geared more toward models, um, fashion, um, they're, they're definitely known of the major pageants as the more glamorous show. So I, I totally agree. I think they set the tone and I think uh, we will start to see it. And if I remember back to Miss America, uh, I want to say 2012 or 13, the year Mallory won, Miss Wyoming wore this really awesome, chunky necklace with her swimsuit. And I remember watching like, oh my gosh, she looks incredible. Why don't more people accessorize their swimsuits? And um, I think it got mixed reviews, but I think that's the direction we're seeing is actually stylizing these swimsuits. And I think that plays more to the confidence of the girl versus just how they look in the suit. Yeah. And in the world of fashion, you always want mixed reviews. Like you don't want everybody to be like, Oh, that was nice. Yeah, she has a nice body. Like you want, I mean, think of, um, what's her name? I want to say, uh, Betsy Ross or Betty Ross. Gosh. The woman who made the American flag? <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Betsy Ross? <laughs> Very, yeah, that's not at all who I was thinking about. Okay, it doesn't matter. So like in fashion, right? It, you want it to be, it's like artwork. Everybody has an opinion. Um, and so when you wearing fashion and honestly, swimsuit is more than just, and we're seeing this more and more in pageantry, the trend, it's more than just your body. It's more about like how you accessorize and swimsuit, et cetera. So I, 
really did like the fact how um, Miss USA opened that up and that girls had an opportunity to really demonstrate their own unique style. Um, but uh, kind of on the counterpart, I also like the fact that they asked the girls the same exact question because it removes the barrier of, oh, this girl won because she had a softball type question, you know, that law <laughs> pass, and the other girl had a really complex question, and she, you know, it wasn't fair. It wasn't apples to apples. So I like mm-hmm. the sound cancellation headphones asking the same questions, which ironically is adopted a lot, was adopted a lot sooner in the smaller pageants. And then I feel like the new um, um, IMG, like they just said, yeah, that makes sense. And let's do it on the national stage as well. You know what else I really liked is that the winner, um, Kara, 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 I'm not sure how she says her name because I don't think they use their names at any point out loud in the show. I think back to it. There even introductions. It was just their state, but um, she she had the very controversial question about um, is healthcare a privilege or a right? And she gave her opinion. Whether you agree or disagree, she gave her opinion and she stood strong. And so it's an uphill battle for me working with clients to get them to believe that they can have an opinion. Like you are allowed to make a decision one way or another with these controversial topics. And I love that. Miss DC, whether you agree or not, gave her opinion, stood stood by it, and was still awarded the title of Miss USA. So it goes back to that age old thing. It's not it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So um, I think that's going to go a long way in helping contestants feel like you know I can be my own person. I can be true to my beliefs. I can represent them proudly, and it won't hold me back from winning a crown. So I love that. Yeah. So so what are your thoughts on like DC winning twice? Oh, gosh, I'm a New York girl. I have Miss America three in a row. I love that stuff. Um, no, I th- I really think this Miss USA will be so competitive at Miss Universe. And actually, in my tweets, like, like right after they announced top 10, like she was instantly my girl crush. I mean, she had a great figure, beautiful complexion, loved how she was styled all night long. I mean, she's a force. And I think she definitely won on her own merit. And I think it's just extra special that she and Deshauna get to have that moment. Um, I think you could see the excitement in Deshauna too, um, as she was able to crown um, her successor as someone she knew and probably maybe, did they compete together? I wonder if they did. Um, But it had to have, I mean, no way she was a first time winner. I don't think she was a first time winner. Like, like Olivia, I don't think she competed first time in DC and then won, then won Miss USA. I think she's been in the circuit for a few years now. Yeah. So, and you know, I like when back-to-backs happen because people will say, oh, they can't have the state win twice or three times. There was a stretch of time where I think Texas won five years in a row. I think this was back in the eighties and like people still came back and competed. Everyone said, well, if they win again, no one's going to want to compete. That's such baloney. People will always want to compete in this pageant system just because of what the history and what it stands for. Same with Miss America. So um, I, I don't mind the back-to-back, and I think it's really cool from a marketing perspective. But, I mean, this this Miss USA, I think, is going to be really special for us. Well, it's kind of like two backs-to-backs. I mean, it's a woman of color and a woman of, uh, in mm-hmm. D.C. So, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, double threat there. Um, the other thing that really stuck out to me was like how, um, like, I mean, I guess diverse that the top 10 was. I mean, you had, um, I believe is off the cuff, like five women of color and then, uh, one girl of Indian descent and then like mm-hmm. four 
I guess, traditional white girls. I mean, I don't know what like their heritage was, et cetera. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is that a record of like five women of color and one girl, um, girl of Indian descent? Is that a record or is that, or do you know? know? I don't know, but I think it has to be. And I was so excited because I really liked the Sears top 10. I thought every woman that was selected uh, definitely deserved to be there. I think there, we're going to see a lot of uproar on the top 10 and not for whatever reason, not anything to do with the diversity of it, but a lot of the powerhouse state and contestants that received a lot of hype going into the pageant were left clapping. And those the the fan bases of those contestants are large pageant fan bases. So they're going to be the loudest in this conversation. And you know, everyone has a right to be ticked off when their girl doesn't make it because we we're biased, right? We see people in different lights. Um, but I, I liked the top 10. Um, I definitely think it was probably some kind of a record, if not um, the most diverse top 10 ever. And, you know, people don't ever say a word in other years when it's the opposite, where there's seven white women that are in the top 10. So um, I think the less conversation about the uproar, the better, because I mean, it's just, we're celebrating women of all different ethnicities and it's really cool. I think that we are able to, um, see and enjoy different types of beauty. Yeah. So I mean, diversity all the way around from the fashion to the ethnicity to, um, diversity by even asking the same question all across the board. I mean, that was like cutting edge. So I think, uh, I feel like the first, I guess, few pageants IMG was really kind of getting their feet underneath of them and now that they have somewhat of a handle on the industry because it is a learning curve right I mean in any new endeavor that you take on it's a bit of a learning curve so there's going to be mistakes early on which is totally acceptable even though I mean when you make a mistake and you have a larger fan base or a larger audience I mean, certainly (laughs) there's going to be more ridicule, but at the end of the day, I mean, regardless if you're a big corporation or small individual um, or a small company just starting to branch out into new waters, you're going to make mistakes and that's totally fine. I mean, they made, um, they they rebounded very nicely, honestly, from their, their fan pages all being hacked. I mean, there were some pretty scandalous things there, but they got that handled within a few hours and the, they they reclaimed the Miss Universe, Miss USA, and Miss Teen fan pages on Facebook. Oh, yeah, gosh, that, that can't be easy. And I, I do think they did a great job handling that. The one thing I'm going back to about this year's pageant is we didn't even have a date or a location well, we had a, a date about a month and a half out, but we didn't have a location until three weeks before the pageant. I mean, shoot, even so, above that, like we didn't even have a website. Yeah. Like, it was just, I mean, yeah. Totally. So I, I would like to see a little bit more of that advance notice go out because if people are booking flights and travel, I mean, they need to be able to have that ability to make arrangements and accommodations. Um, but yeah, I think there is definitely a learning curve. Um, I think they're finally starting to find their own. And I think that's where a lot of the uproar comes from too, Stephen, is because Miss USA was really, if you look at all the major pageants, was the beauty pageant. I mean, when Donald Trump owned it, that, I mean, that was no surprise. He loves beautiful women and that's what he was there to celebrate as the owner of that, of that organization. So I think now the fact that IMG is really pushing these stories, these personalities, those diehard Miss USA fans are really not pleased. And 
And I think they have a right to be upset. But um, I, I personally like the stories. That's just me, though. But I think they do have a right to be a little aggravated because here's the system that they've come to know for these specific values. And it's just being totally shaken up. So it's just different. Um, so I, I can definitely see where those tried and trues are really starting to lose patience and fr- get frustrated with IMG. Um, but I, I still I mean, it's a pageant. So pageant folks are pageant folks are pageant folks. Yeah. And I mean, with USA, they are kind of toning down the extreme focus on just body image. And it's almost like they're flirting with the Miss America type of principle. Like they are looking for a girl who's a little bit more well-rounded. Definitely. I mean, you can see that on stage from the prelims, et cetera. The girls who are walking across stage, they were of, I mean, don't crucify me for saying this, but they were more of the Miss America type body um, where they weren't like the Victoria's Secret type models. Certain states, they were, gosh, I mean, like not your traditional size zero, 5'11". They were um, a little, yeah, they were just different body types, right? So um, with that, those girls didn't necessarily pierce the top 10. Like we didn't see him pierce the top 10 this year, but I feel like this year it kind of alluded to like a change in, in the, the body type that the USA organization is looking for. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think we've started to talk about this in previous calls too, Stephen, just the changing of body images, the changing of shapes. I mean, there, there were three contestants in particular this year that I really thought could have shaken things up in finals had they gotten the cut and they had and I'm going to hesitate in the way I say this, but non-traditional pageant bodies. Is that a safe way to say yeah, it? Yes. They that, all have beautiful way better, figures. Though. I wouldn't yeah. call them plus size. I wouldn't call them fuller figured. I mean, they're, they can't be defined by those. I would just say non-pageant traditional. Non-Miss USA traditional, really. Yeah. So I would say like Montana, Utah, and Georgia. Stunning women. Absolutely yep. gorgeous. And could have, again, been very successful. And I was I was curious to see, but we also don't know what the judges thought about their evening gowns or their interviews. So I find it hard to believe it was just based on their figure alone. But I would have loved to have seen one or all three of them in finals just to like really make that final statement of, okay, like we are embrace, embracing body positivity. You do not need to be, again, I'm, I'm a naturally thin person. So I hate when anyone discriminates reversely to, to thin women. Um, but I would have liked to have seen that too. And I, I think it's, I think it's on the horizon. I think we'll start to see a major shift in shapes and acceptance on the state stages, which will eventually transfer to the national level. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I'll just say this as an overarching arching comment about the USA organization, just from us from pageant planet inside the pageant community, I'm seeing from a statistical standpoint, a lot more online chatter about the USA organization than I am Miss America, um, both on social media and on our website specifically. So like, um, it, it's been interesting to see because like when Donald have it, had it, Yeah, I mean, there was a certain amount of chatter and I mean, we would certainly see a spike when USA came on, but America was definitely the dominant force. Now that IMG's taken over for whatever the reason that they've been doing, we have seen equal um, amount of interaction and traffic to our site um, based on like the national screening 
of the pageant. And before, in the years past, it just hasn't been the case. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I'm really curious to see what the direction is for the next few years for this particular system. And, you know, every system makes a name for itself based on its core values. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see USA evolve even further. Yeah, I love that. Um, and so Pitbull, he's been on there a few times, right? Oh, Lord. Yes. I, mean, I, I, oh. but see, like, I, I don't know, like, if you're a fan of his music or not, or other people listening, but every interview that I've heard of him, he's always so thankful and he's always so grateful. And he always like, thanks specifically the people who's got him started. Um, I mean, I may her, heard him like sing the praises of like little Wayne because little Wayne was the first guy to really compliment and encourage him to do the English versus Spanish like crossover. And he was like, nobody in my like circle group, the Hispanic, um, culture encouraged me to do that but that was like little wayne like when i was sharing studio time or whatever he encouraged me to do that so he's always been like very grateful for where he was and like whether or not i like his like particular song that he's singing at that time i always appreciate him as a human being because of how grateful he is for the success that he's experienced oh i totally agree and i'm i like i like him quite a bit Here's where my gripe comes in about Pitbull at Miss USA this year. It's twofold. One, they did a whole like two and a half minute mo- like m- medley of his songs, and we barely got to so- see the girls on stage during competition phases. I'm like, if you're only going to have ten girls, like let's see them. Like they got to the end of the runway, and that was it. So it, that flew by. So I was like, really, could we not have used this time better? Um, but you never know what his contract says. The yeah. second part, and I tweeted about this. I don't, I think it was two years ago, Seal did the final look music. Yeah. And it was like Kissed by a Rose comes on. And it's like that overwhelming, like melodic, melodic, like music, like swelling from the ground up as these girls are walking down in these gorgeous evening gowns. And it was like, it like choked me up a little bit. Like that was such a beautiful final look. And then compared to this particular final look, it just didn't have the same elegance or just regal is regality a word um or regalia maybe regalia is the right word regal um i mean i've always re- just known regal but i'm definitely not a word i'm trying to make it an adjective and it's not working <laughs> but anyway you know what i mean yeah. i just it didn't have the same vibe and like pomp and circumstances that i feel like a final look should have so that's my gripe pitbull's super great i like all of his music I didn't like that the other guy was totally lip syncing. And if, if, and if he wasn't lip syncing, he was singing into one of those hilarious like auto tune mics that you get for Christmas when you're six that like changes the tone of your voice. Um, so like I was just giggling. I just didn't think it had the same like weight to that moment that I, I like a final look to have because I, I truly think that has a huge bearing on the who wins. I think Olivia Culpo won Miss Universe in final look. I think. Who the heck did her final look? Was it Neo or somebody? But just they they need to make the girls the focus. And I didn't feel like the girls were the focus. Yeah, going back to that, the the other guy, I mean, certainly he had to have been either lip singing um, at worst or at best. There had to be some sort of auto like, like tune thing behind him because his voice was computerized in the same way that the sounded on CD. But um, I, I totally agree. There's... There's nothing that replaces kind of a beautiful, sweet kind of love song when a girl is walking in a very picturesque fashion in her just stunning evening gown. I mean, 
for me, from the very beginning, Evening Gown has always been, even as a single man, right? Uh, but Evening Gown has always been my most like favorite phase of competition because the girls are dolled up and there's nothing more powerful than a regal woman walking in a beautiful dress. And um, so I think that sealed the thing that maybe draws you more to seal than like a pit bull is that a song like kiss by a rose, a rose is very fitting for a girl walking evening gown in that fashion. Cause you're not trying to be like, I've got a whole lot of numbers <laughs> in my phone, but yeah, I mean, I still choose you. So basically they're saying, yeah, I could get any girl, but I mean, I still choose you. I mean, the con- the song is all about the singers versus kiss by a rose like Seal was being enamored with this beautiful woman walking down a stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just love the final look so much. I just didn't enjoy it as much, but also keep in mind, I am live tweeting. So I'm never fully in the moment when I watch it. Cause if anyone's ever live tweeted anything, you realize like you don't watch anything less than when you're live tweeting. Cause you're constantly interacting and commenting. Um, so I, I like to just take a deep breath and enjoy it. I felt like it was very rushed. And how did you feel about the opening number too? Because it was very much that same performance. I felt like the entire show was very performance-based. Um, but what did you think about the Cirque du Soleil opening? Well, I mean, I didn't hate it. Well, one, like my wife loves Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil. And she was like, those people are the most talented people on the face of the planet. So I kind of got to see the experience through her eyes and she's just enamored with it. So when it came out, she was like, Oh my gosh, look. And <laughs> so she's just like singing its praises. So, um, my, my experience of it was a bit, um, tainted, but what I do like about it is that, okay, IMG, it's a modeling fashion type company, right? So they got to put on a show. And what it did is it reached out. And for the people who are non-pageant people, it had the opportunity to pull them in and had the opportunity to be like, hey, this is like very entertaining. You should watch it. For us traditional pageant people like you and I, we're like more looking for the girls. Okay, let's weed through this. Okay, what does Iowa look like, Massachusetts, et cetera. Um, but for people that don't know anything about the industry, it gives them the opportunity to kind of fall in love with things that you and I see about it by seeing all the different acrobatic moves and dance moves and music. It's just a lot of really high energy things right at the very beginning. I, I love Cirque du Soleil. My first tweet of the night, which I actually didn't end up posting because it was just too much for even me to say. But was that like a unicycle hoverboard that they were riding? I mean, I couldn't get <laughs> enough of the theatrics. I can't even ride a regular hoverboard. So that was very impressive to me. I did think it was weird, though, that when they were all on stage, all the performers stayed on stage. That was a bit strange. Yeah. Right. Because don't you want like yeah, that moment should be all about the contestants and soaking up all of that applause for the friends and the family that are there to cheer them on. So I, it was just a little weird. Um, but I, I totally get it. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan and a Cirque fan. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. But I, I missed it being about the contestants a little bit more. Overall. Yeah. I mean, Circus Delay and then, okay, let's get, I mean, again, we don't know what's in the contract specifically. So maybe Circus Delay was like, okay, we will be out here. We will perform for X, but if we stay on stage, we'll do it for a reduced rate versus in the full rate um, so that we give our performers more like airtime. So we don't know necessarily what's in the contract, 
But yeah, from, from my perspective, what I'd like to see is, yeah, perform, get everybody's attention, and then run off stage so that we can see more of the girls because everybody at home, what we're doing is we're cheering for the girls, um, the particular states of what we're cheering for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's, um, I would love to talk about, Stephen, some of the trends that we saw this year as far as styling, competition, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, the one major trend, uh, well, I should say the two major trends, which I've already mentioned, but I'll recap for the purpose of this. One um, is asking the same question um, on onstage questions and putting in noise cancellation headphones. But what I believe that this happens is, one, um, it creates for the first time ever on national television a really fair playing field because the questions aren't variable. It's like same question, just answer it as it is. Um, so I really like that component. And, you know, with that too, it kind of also creates another sponsorship opportunity um, for headphone companies who do, does the noise cancellation. So that could create some more revenue stream for the USA organization um, because they can like quickly plug it. It wouldn't seem out of place. And they put that subliminal marketing into the viewer's eyes or ears. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I really saw, which again, I've already mentioned was a swimsuit, the variety in swimsuit. I think it makes it more exciting for the actual designers to create sponsorships. Um, and B, it also opens it up for other pageants to where the girls don't have to wear the same swimsuits whatsoever. And like, see, it allows the girls, if the girls are given the opportunity, which I mean, I cannot imagine them not having the opportunity but the girls can select a swimsuit that's going to feature the attributes of their body that makes them feel most beautiful before walking mm-hmm. walking out on national television so those are the two that really stuck out to me as far as those phases but uh w- what about yourself so i was looking um, very much on the granular decision of every contestant so we i i think i pointed out a few calls ago we're seeing a lot of straight hair now in pageantry so like that stick straight, non-pageant girls, so non-traditional pageant hairstyles. People ask me all the time, do I have to wear my hair in waves or big barrel curls? The answer is no. I think we saw that tonight. Um, a lot of contestants had stick straight hair. Um, two pieces aren't going anywhere, ladies. Um, I think the majority, I think obviously Sherry Hill sponsors that opening number segment, but so many two pieces are in the upcoming lines. So two pieces are a thing. Here's one trend to be cautious of. I love myself a jumpsuit. I love, love, love a jumpsuit. And it used to be where the jumpsuit was the minority for interview attire. This year, we saw so many pants and jumpsuit options. So be cautious. Unless it is the most perfect jumpsuit you've ever witnessed in your life, a la Julianne Huff's opening outfit tonight, my favorite of the evening. Um make sure you're being critical because there are so many jumpsuits. They're, they're becoming the norm versus the exception. Um, a lot of metallics coming up, a lot of sparkly whites, sparkly um, neutrals. And then my negative trend of the night were ill-fitting gowns. I really, I don't know if you noticed this, Stephen, but um, I, I look so critically at gowns and I, I mentioned it in, on Twitter. It's Make sure at your final fitting, you're walking in your gown because I saw so many gaping, so many gaping backs that happen when you're moving that you just don't see when you're standing still looking at the mirror in these, in the tailor's, um, shop. And the other thing that I noticed, um, with that too, was underneath the armpit. 
um, one contestant had sleeves. I don't know which contestant it was. And when she put her hands on her hips, it was just so much extra fabric. So that is, if I can give one tip tonight, it's before you leave your final alteration, walk in your gown because those little details can be the difference between a nine or 10 in evening gown or sometimes even a seven and eight. And if you're competing in a pageant with a preliminary, I mean, that can be the difference of you making finals. So be so critical. Uh, I, I was really surprised with how much um, of that I saw tonight. Yeah. And you know, the higher you get in competition, the more the, the details matter. So prelims, sure, like you can get by with a lot um, because you're competing against girls who don't necessarily, they've never competed before. They're not plugged into the pageant planner. They're, they've not plugged into any kind of like coaching, et cetera. They're just like, they've heard about pageantry and they're like, okay, let me try it, give it a shot. They're kind of dabbling in it. So sure, you can get by with a lot. When you move on to state, um, then it gets more competitive. And when you move on to the national stage, it is like if everything isn't perfect, you can't like fault the judges that you didn't necessarily win because you didn't play all out. So for example, um, like I liked Alaska. And I thought Alaska had a great look. I thought she was very um, well-spoken. But when she walked on stage, her walk wasn't perfected and she just didn't seem like she had perfected the type of routine that she wanted to do on stage. It was almost like when she was walking out on stage in her swimsuit that she was a bit unsure of herself. And that's the kind of thing that in prelim or even on state, depending on your state, because Alaska doesn't have an overwhelming amount of girls that competes. If you um, don't necessarily perfect on state, you can still get away with it. But on a national stage, when you're competing against um, like major states, and then if you advance to the top 10, where you're basically against the creme de la creme throughout the nation, little flaws like that, or little maybe things that happen in your mind where you second guess yourself can cause an extreme ripple effect. Now, again, I liked Alaska, and I think her walk was good, but with a little bit more coaching, she could have perfected it. And I feel like she could have placed a lot better. Yeah, that's a perfect segue to my next point, Stephen, because I just remembered this. So this is not to pick on Alaska at all, because it could have been anyone in the 10th sure. spot in that top 10. But if you watch the, the telecast back, you'll notice she kind of didn't know where she was supposed to go being last because they do that final full group lineup. And you could tell there was like a deer in the headlights. Oh my gosh, where am I supposed to be moment? And again, that could have been anybody, but it really just reiterates that a lot of that confidence you're talking about may just come from, okay, where am I supposed to go? Because if you're thinking when you're performing, it doesn't work. Judges can tell it shows whether you want it to or not. So make sure in your rehearsal, you're paying attention and pay attention to the point of neuroses. I mean, I'm serious. Like write it down, take notes because you may be that 10th person in the top 10 and you have a different walking pattern than every single other person. So if you're first or last, you really need to know what you're doing. Otherwise you can kind of fall in line. But if you find yourself in that place where mentally you're on, you're doing your walk and in your head, it starts, Oh my gosh, where am I going to go next? it's going to show and the judges are going to read it. They're going to pick up on that vibe. So it's when in rehearsal, really be laser focused because that, that last rehearsal before finals is difficult because you're anxious 
You don't know what the future holds. You don't even know if you're going to be competing in finals. So you can, I can see it like totally can see where your mind will drift off and you're not thinking or not following directions. But this was like a textbook teachable moment for those who are coming into, I mean, it's, we're coming into pageant season hard. So follow instructions, please, 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 because it will help your overall presentation in more ways than we can ever say. Well, and it's also a part of feeding your subconscious mind that, yeah, I am going to win and I take this thing serious that I am going to win. Because if you're just like, eh, if they say, okay, and if you happen to be like top 10 girl, um, the very last in line, this is going to be your walking pattern. If you're not taking notes, et cetera, you're like, eh, I, it probably won't be me. So basically what you're saying is I probably won't make the top 10 because like, if you knew 100% certainty that you were going to make the top 10, you would know also that there's a 1 in 10 likelihood that you're going to be that girl. So why would you not take notes? So with all of this, it's preparing yourself mentally for the crown. And if you're not taking that thing serious and you're not listening to, in this case, Luciera, who's like doing all the the walking, that, okay, if you're the top, if you're the last girl of the top 10, this is going to be your walking pattern, then, you know, you're not feeding your mind that you are going to make the top 10. So a lot of pageantry, it's just simply encouraging yourself believing in yourself and then taking action on that belief that you are actually going to be in the top 10. That's a great way to look at it too, because like I said, a lot happens during that last rehearsal and you need to be completely in the mindset of, okay, well, I'm going to be here tonight, so I better pay attention. And, and you're absolutely right. You never know where in that lineup you're going to be. So you better pay attention from slot one to slot 10 or 15, whatever your pageant does. Um, but it just, it makes all the difference in the world to be prepared and to be confident every aspect of the competition. Yeah. And the aspect I would, I guess, kind of like to, um, leave on, um, is like, what about Deshauna? Like saying, like giving that tribute to her mom and saying, I'm going to walk out with my hair positioned a certain way because of like what her mom said to her. I felt that that was very moving, very touching. And at the core of it. That's what pageantry is about. It's about powerful women who still are women who are sincere and heartfelt yet accomplished, you know, I mean, because we, we have a tendency of society, especially men in society. And I say this much to my own chagrin that if a woman is successful, they have to basically be a bee or not a nice woman, right? That's, that's how men in typical they they label a woman. I don't feel like that's right. And I feel like Deshauna, who has a proven herself to be not only a successful, but a strong, powerful woman being in the military and just accomplishing what she's accomplished. But then at the same time, being able to lay all of that down in a loving fashion and tribute to her mom, which I think was a beautiful act. What are your, what are your thoughts? I, I totally agree with you, Stephen. I really... I'm very impressed with IMG for making that happen. Obviously, the pageant being on Mother's Day, obviously with Deshauna with losing her mother this year. I mean, there's a huge tie there. And typically, in every pageant you see, the outgoing winner gets very little time on stage. That finale, is that, that final walk is like 90 seconds max for the most part. So 
to give her that extra time, I thought was so thoughtful and so generous. And it was really, really special. Um, and Deshauna, you know, is one of my favorite Miss USA's of all time, just because of all of what she stands for. I mean, she defies every single stereotype you can imagine. And she is like the new beauty queen. Like you think of beauty queen being so um, stigmatized in what, what it used to be. Um, and she just, she crushes it in every aspect of her life. So I love that. And I love that she felt confident enough to her natural hair, um, in her Afro that she meant in tribute to her mom. I thought that was great. And it just, I mean, it's the perfect culmination of the entire conversation we've had so far today about this changing, this changing image of beauty in this IMG reign of Miss USA organization. So I thought it was really great. I was really impressed with them as an organization for making that happen. So with that being said, you want to tell them about our pageant preparation timeline? We'll just kind of wrap, round it up with that for girls that are listening and they're wanting to compete in USA next year, or maybe they have local pageants coming up. Um, maybe tell them about their free timeline that we can give them to help them prepare for the next pageant. Yes, absolutely. So our pageant preparation timeline, um, I love it because it's a free resource. So anyone at any stage in their pageant career can use it um, and take advantage of it. So you'll get reminders every month. Where are you in your pageant preparation? Here's what you should be doing or could be doing to make sure you're prepared. Um, just to stay on track. And you can find it if you go to pageantplanet.com under freebies. Um, and it's an email notification. You'll just get it every single month reminding you, hey, stay on top of this wardrobe decision, making your budget, your platform, your interview prep, etc. That's awesome. All right. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure. And until next time. Yes. Happy Miss USA. And I'll talk to you soon. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.